Growing your business is tough, but don't worry, we've got you covered. We interview industry experts on how they've solved their most challenging business problems in SaaS or e-commerce. No fluff, just step-by-step playbooks to help you dominate your market and crush the competition. This is the How We Solve podcast. Here's your host. Hey, it's GQ and yet another episode of How We Solve. Today I have with me Shauna Morin, who is the founder and managing director of Operate Remote. She's an award-winning executive coach and a remote team consultant who empowers leaders to improve performance, engagement, and EQ. Since 2017, she's helped hundreds of committed CEOs and their teams define and create their unique remote company culture. Her mission is to turn remote teams into phenomenal, sustainable, and thriving organizations so that founders can scale well into the future with unshakable confidence. With that, Shauna, welcome to the show. Hi, GQ. Hey, Shauna. It's been a while. How's everything going with you? Yeah, everything's going good. How about you? Doing good, doing good. I'm really excited to be diving into a little bit about remote work because you know how things have changed since the last time we spoke. And a little bit of fun fact, Shauna has actually been on the show before, back when we were still a podcast only. And I think it was like the first few episodes that we ever did. This was in 2019, I think. Yeah, that was just when I had started the business. And things have changed so much in the industry, right? Who knew everyone would be working remotely? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I think the whole COVID situation just really transformed the businesses super quickly, especially in 2020. And I think one of the key things that we were talking about, and this had come up, I think, a few times before in our conversations previously. So if you'd like to dive into that, what's the problem that we're solving today? Yeah, I suppose there's a lot of problems that we see that remote teams are facing, particularly since the pandemic. Overnight, a lot of these teams have been forced to move into remote environments. And I suppose while companies understand and while teams understand, you know what, we can actually do our jobs remotely from anywhere. There's a difference between that surviving and thriving. And oftentimes when we look at how do we get a team from just surviving in a remote environment to truly thriving in a remote environment, we look at their communication. And what we're solving today is how to reduce the need for constant meetings. Because if you do have constant meetings on your remote team, then you're not working in an optimum way. So that's what we're going to chat about today. I love that. And that is so relevant for us as well, because we've spoken before, and I think our company as well at LTV Plus, we're completely remote. And I brought this up a couple of times, thinking about how do we reduce meetings, right? You know, everyone's just constantly getting on Zoom. You're always having back-to-backs. You're always having one-on-ones. You're always having weekly calls, monthly calls, whichever. So I think having this topic, it's so crucial for a lot of businesses who have gone remote, but then they're also at the same time figuring out like, okay, how do we not necessarily mimic the way that we do meetings in real life, but you know, how do we achieve that sense of closeness, but yet still achieve the goals that we have as a business? So if you wanted to go about solving it, what are some of the steps that we would have to look at as a business? Yeah. And I think what you said, GQ, about do we want to work the way that we have? I mean, who is to say really that when we were working in an office environment, that that was the best way of working? (laughs) I think what we have right now is we have an opportunity to change the way that we work. And the first point I want to bring up is around our mindset and how we as an organization value time. So if we as an organization 
are not putting a value on time and we're looking at productivity by the amount of meetings that we have or the amount of noise that's happening in Slack channels, and that's how we look at productivity, then we're not actually looking at that in the right way. So we need to understand what our mindset is around time. Do we value time as an organization? Do we put a value on time? Do we measure that? Do we value our own time and each other's time? Because there is a difference around how we will approach certain things if we value time. For example, if you value your own time and somebody else's time, you are much more likely to ask a more detailed question that doesn't leave the receiver with more questions. So you're not wasting their time. You're not wasting your own time. If you value time, like we value time, we absolutely do, even with this recording, because we're like, okay, 20 minutes, we're going to prep ahead of time. This is what we're talking about. These are the points. We value time. There's a difference. And you know those calls that you show up to where there isn't a value of time. And you know, you're kind of talking about different things, nothing's clear on the agenda. Or those colleagues that you work with that just continue to ask for a meeting. Hey, I want to chat to you about this. Can we just grab a quick call? That is fine sometimes. We're not saying that we don't want to have any meetings. We're not saying that. But really, what we are saying is we want to improve the quality of the meetings that we have to make sure that they're incredibly valuable. And then we want to start to bring in some what we call asynchronous communication, which I'm going to chat a little bit about later. So how are we approaching time? And I think as individuals as well, working from home, it's what's the language that we're using around time. That's very important with the founders that I work with. Oftentimes, I'll hear them saying things like, I don't have any time. I'm just so busy. I don't have any time. But if we keep telling ourselves we don't have any time, then we're not going to have any time. We're going to feel like we have no time. So what would happen if we changed our language? How would that change our reality? So I think that's the first point that is really important is where is your organization right now in terms of putting a value on time? And I think, you know, just touching on that aspect of the value of time, I really like that because I know like some people choose to really pull up their schedules with like 15 minute meetings with different people. And you kind of have to switch your mindset depending, you know, if you're an owner of a business and you have to speak with different departments or if you own multiple businesses, having that thought process where you have to break your flow every single step of the way, that can be quite challenging. But at the same time, what are your thoughts around, like you said, productivity, right? But do you think that also changes the level of closeness that team members will have as a result? You know, for example, let's say if I go to every call, like, okay, now I prep before the meeting, I have the points that we want to discuss. We know what we're here to talk about for this week. But as a result, we're always talking about business or rather discussing things at hand, which is great, obviously, for the organization. But do you think that kind of eliminates or reduces the personal touch to meetings? Great question. Actually, what's happened is the opposite right now, because people are so Zoom fatigued, which is a new definition right now that everybody's feeling. They're so overwhelmed with meetings that because they're so stressed and their nervous system is really shot, they don't have the energy, the time or the desire to actually focus on building relationships with their colleagues in these calls. So actually, if we look at how we can reduce the amount of meetings that we need and make sure that they're more effective, then we give more time to people. Then we give more opportunity, autonomy to our employees around how they spend their time. So for example, if you have extroverts on your team, it's very important for them. They get a lot of their energy from meeting and talking to other people. So if they have more time in their calendar, they can take the autonomy to say, you know what, what's really helpful for me during the week is to meet with 
at least three or four people for 15 minutes, have no agenda and just chat, understand what they're working on, see what they're up to, get to know them. Whereas you might have introverts on your team and they might say, you know what, with the free time that I have, because we've improved the quality of our meetings and really started to value time, I'm going to take that time for me. I'm going to work on deep work, project work, uninterrupted time. And I'm just going to revive my own energy so that I can show up more effectively to our team all hands, which is very well structured tomorrow. So that's the way we want to look at it. It's not that it's going to be the same for everyone, but when we can, as an organization, create more time, create more space for everybody, create more quality meetings, change our mindset around that, then we give more flexibility. And that's what we are required to do, especially now that we're in a hybrid, going into a hybrid world where a lot of companies are bringing their teams back to the office and allowing them to work remotely. What you don't want to happen is that all of the work and the collaboration only happens in the office. That's what we don't want to happen because, I mean, we won't get into hybrid today, but there's a lot of challenges around that. And really the work that I'm talking about today will benefit those that work 100% remotely, those that are looking at a hybrid environment. It'll benefit both is focusing on that communication. So let's say today as a business, we've adopted a new mindset towards it, which I think it's really fantastic that you brought this up because I think that makes a lot of sense. You're creating an environment where your staff or your team members can actually decide how they want to, I guess, (laughs) live their work life, if that makes sense. So, you know, like you said, extroverts, more communication, introverts, more deep work. So now as a company, we've adopted the mindset, as mentioned, that, you know, we choose to value time and we want to give that flexibility to our team members. What's the next step in this case to helping with the uh, reduction of the need for constant meetings? Yeah, great question. So really, I suppose when we are working in this more flexible environment, which it's happening right now. So as organizations, we can push against it or we can start to embrace it. And really, the key is to focus as a company and as a team on the output as opposed to the input. So since the industrial revolution, we've been focused on the nine to five and you put in your eight hours a day and your eight hours, five days a week. That's changing and it's changing quite fast. It's not about how many hours you put in. It's about the output of your work. So as an organization, you really need to get clear on what are those KPIs or OKRs or whatever you want to call them within your team. But what is the output that we are measuring our success on? And again, for us as remote workers as well, right? Like, I have the benefit of working with many different types of people all over the world. I've worked with founders who actually are not morning people. They have different sleeping patterns to what's deemed as normal. And for years, trying to be normal, to be up, be present at that 9am meeting. And when we worked together, I said, what would happen if you just embraced that? What would happen if we embraced that as a company? You know, you work with a team of tech people. How many of them are not morning people? So he said, look, Shauna, you know, I have a a daily stand-up in the morning. It's very important that the team have that and that we're all there and that we know what's happening. I said, okay, well, let's move that to asynchronous communication, which is in Slack, you can automate your daily stand-up. So it still happens, but you have a window of time that people can answer that. So in this case, they could answer it from 7 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. And that was kind of the flexible start hours for everyone. So they still had that information. In fact, it was probably better because it was documented so they could review it at another time. And they still had that level of flexibility for everyone. So nobody was forced to be at their desk at any time. 
And based on what time they start, feeds how long they stay in the office when they do their eight hours. So the focus is on that output as opposed to that input. So I think we have an opportunity to create that in the workforce. And if the pandemic has shown us anything, it's that I think people want more flexibility. Like that's what the research is saying time and time again. It's I don't want to go back to commuting two hours a day. I know I can do my job from anywhere. Like nobody wants that. And people's eyes are open now. I mean, I've been saying this for years, but now everybody's lived it for a year and a half. So as employers, we really have to look at how we're setting our teams up for success and how we're attracting talent because these are the things that your talent is going to be looking for. Okay. Just a quick one on the topic of focus before we move to step number three. And that is, I know that you've been helping a lot of different businesses either switch from a physical environment model to being remote or creating a hybrid setup. Have there been any noticeable changes in the KPIs or OKRs? You know, Because you mentioned focusing more on the output as opposed to the input. Have businesses re-changed their targets or adapted their KPIs just to operate better in the remote environment? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say the focus is to change your KPIs. I mean, if you're looking at your KPIs and you feel that it is a holistic view of your organization and it reflects that, then there's really no need to kind of change that. But I think where it really comes into play is with those mid-level managers and how they are measuring the success of their team and how they are promoting and talking about the output as opposed to the input. So it's not about you being at your desk at 9am every day and staying there for eight hours. It is about what you said that you would do on a Monday that you've completed by a Friday and we can look at the quality of that and we can measure that in some way. That's where I'm talking about the output. So it doesn't matter what happened during the week where the, you took two hours off every day to go to the gym or you took some time off to look after your kid for an hour or two. That doesn't matter. What matters is the output of that week. When you put in that time is really up to you. And I know for some organizations, that's very scary and that's giving over too much to their team. So for those organizations that are afraid of that and aren't yet there, I would say start small. And looking at those things like those core hours can be really important. So those core hours mean, when do you want your team to be online together? So when should that kind of interaction happen between the team? Core hours could be something from you know 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. or 10 a.m. to 4 a.m. It can vary, but that is essentially when your team are online together and anything outside of that to make up those hours for your team that's decided on by themselves. So that can be quite a helpful place to start. Sounds fantastic. So now we have our mindset in place and we've decided maybe KPIs wasn't the best example, but I guess we're focusing on what the key output looks like when we're remote as a business. And so now that we have those two steps in place, now what's the next step as a business for us to reduce meetings? Yes. So really, when we're looking at communication, there's two major types of communication in remote teams. There's synchronous communication, which is what you and I are doing now. We're communicating in real time. And then there's asynchronous communication, which is we're communicating in delayed time. So that's when somebody will watch this replay afterwards. It's when we automate those daily standups in Slack or in Microsoft Teams. You can do it in Teams now as well, which is great. So it's anything that's in delayed communication. It's even when we send an email. And when we send a Slack message, that all falls under asynchronous communication. So we need to understand 
where are we leaning more towards as an organization? So a lot of companies that have transitioned to remote work, especially in the last 18 months, are very much leaning towards synchronous. So that is the back-to-back-to-back-to-back meetings that they're having all day, every day. We know the problem of that. Your team are probably experiencing burnout because of that. They have no flexibility. They have no autonomy. They're also not getting to deep work, creative work, strategic work, which is really going to move the needle within the business. And we also know that they're probably overworking because if you have eight hours of meetings, you probably need to do another two hours at the end of the day to do the things from those meetings. So we know the problem with that. So really what we want to do is look at how we improve the quality of both. So first of all, how do we improve the quality of the meetings? Some things that my clients have done is quick wins. So let's reduce the time of meetings. Let's reduce it from 60 minutes to 45 minutes, from 30 minutes to 20 minutes or 25 minutes, right? So let's experiment with that. Like what's the maximum amount of people in the meeting? So looking at and being intentional about the quality of those real-time conversations Something else that can work quite well, especially when companies are finding that their team are are very burnt out, is having no meetings day. So it could be a Wednesday, it could be a Friday, but to say company-wide, we're not having meetings on a Wednesday. To give people a bit of a break, but also it changes the mindset, right? Because people are like, okay, if I don't have that day to take eight meetings, out of all my meetings, which are the most important and why, and which aren't really giving me value? I have a spring clean, I call it communication checklist. If anybody wants access to that, they can send me an email. But it's essentially a checklist we can go through to really just strip back our calendars and look at what's working, what isn't working, what can we reduce, what should we keep and why. Then the next thing, GQ, is to look at asynchronous communication. So you're already communicating in an asynchronous way. So it's not about trying new tools or technologies at the very start. It's about looking at what you're already doing and improving the quality of that. So for example, how you're communicating in Slack. That is a massive time suck. Slack is fantastic. I love it. I love Microsoft Teams. It's great to keep connected, but it is a massive time drain. We get lost in there and it's so noisy in there. You're laughing. Said a lot of gifs. I can think of a lot of examples of we get lost in Slack. (laughs) I know. I know. I know. And it happens to everyone. And I suppose on a company level, what we really need to do is we need to look at what are the best practices there. I'll give you an example with one of my clients, we created a best practices guide. Now we created it with the team. So it's not just me saying here's best practices. It's involving everybody, giving them the why behind it. Like, why are we doing this? Not just because we're ticking a box, but because we want to save you all time because your time is the most valuable thing and your energy. So let's all come together. What can we do? That's how we approach it. But one thing that the team came up with was, you know, when you get a message and it's, hey, send, question, send, more of the question, send. So if you have notifications, sound notifications, you're getting ping, 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 which is an interruption, as you said, of your flow. And actually, if you've watched The Social Dilemma, you'll know that those notifications trigger a nervous system and trigger stress as well. So one thing that we said as a best practice is send the whole question (laughs) in one go, which is so simple, but so effective. I was coaching one of the leaders in there and he said, you know, I have a a new hire that's just started. And she actually was pinging, dripping the question into Slack. And a couple of people pulled her up and said, look, I know you're only new, but actually this is our best practices guide. And we don't actually do that. You know, so they all hold each other accountable, which is amazing. 
So that's what we want. Those small nuances are the ones that take up the most time. So that's where we start with asynchronous is looking at how we improve our written communication. For some companies, they're stuck in email. I worked with a company recently and their team were getting just a huge amount of emails every day in the hundreds. That's rough. Yeah, I know. And they had so many meetings. So they were in meetings all day, every day. And then at the end of the day, they'd have to go through all their emails. So no time to think. And that's why they were hired in the first place, right? For their brilliant minds. But they were just being reactive all of the time. So we want to also look at how we are sending emails. When do we use the likes of Slack versus when do we use emails? When do we use CC? When do we use BCC? All of these things are really important. These best practices for us as a team. If we want to create a team that are proactive as opposed to reactive. Nobody wants to be in reactive mode all the time. Anyone I've spoken to is like, I really don't want to be in reactive mode. I want to do the work that fulfills me, that I love doing, that excites me. I want to make the changes that I want to see. That's the stuff that we want to be doing. We don't want to just be answering emails all day, every day. Oh, hell yeah. That makes so much sense. And for the record, I'm also guilty of sometimes doing that drip thing. And I think it's awesome that you have the concept of company best practices to not irritate people on notifications. I have gotten feedback before on that, but it's just that I'm a rapid typer. I think it's like the IRC thing (laughs) from the past, but that's such a bad habit. But it's true. I completely agree with that. And That is super fantastic when it comes to reducing the need for meetings. One thing that comes to mind is with remote teams right now or remote staff, there's a problem of setting boundaries, right? So I think one of the biggest questions that I've been hearing this going around a lot, especially with mental wellness, with the current remote setup, everyone's getting Zoom fatigue. So how do you prevent burnout in remote teams? I think that's like the number one question going around right now. Yes. And it's a bigger question than we have time for today, but I want to kind of summarize it because it's a very important one. 70% of the workforce have experienced burnout since the pandemic began. And that is some research that Monster conducted at the start of this year. So there's kind of two parts to it. The first part is the organizational part. So as a company, what are the processes that you have in place? What is your company mindset? How are you approaching meetings? How are your leaders leading by example? one of the most powerful things. That's kind of everything that we spoke about and more. And then the second part really is how are we training and equipping our team and helping them build emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence is really important when it comes to our levels of self-awareness, what's working for us, what isn't, what's going on within us, and our ability to adapt and to make change around that. For example, if you have a team that aren't self-aware, they might continue to just keep overworking, keep overworking, keep overworking, and then hit burnout. Whereas if somebody is self-aware, they'll say, hmm, working 10 hours today didn't feel good to me. What could I change? What could I change within myself? What could I change within how I structure my day? That is the difference between emotional intelligence and maybe a lack of. Now, the good thing is emotional intelligence is a skill. It can be built. So what I do in a lot of my team trainings is take a lot of teams through a series of training around time management, calendar management, communication, healthy boundaries, such an important one that you mentioned. What is the fear that's holding us back from setting that boundary? And then we need to reality test that fear. And also I wrote a post recently, you know, the fear around not taking a vacation because a lot of people aren't taking their vacation time. So what's the fear? The fear is, oh, you know, I might get fired if I take my vacation. 
okay, let's reality test that. Has there been evidence to support within your organization that people get fired when they take vacation? No. So we need to reality test our thoughts. Our thoughts are not always true. And when we're working from home, we're isolated. We're working in a high-paced environment that requires a lot of resilience. This is the result of it. We're working in an environment that isn't optimized for remote, that doesn't place a value on time. This is the result of it. So we need to invest in our team. We need to invest in their training and their development. And then we need to follow suit on that, on on the processes and the best practices that we create and have a leadership team that lead by example. I do have a guide on operateremote.com forward slash burnout, which is a real reflective piece. If anybody is feeling like they are burnt out or getting to a stage of burnout, that they can spend some time reflecting through that. And there's some actionable takeaways. I've had a lot of team members that do it together. They print it out and they get on a call and they do it together, which they said has been very helpful. So I think as an organization, we need to own that this is something that's happening. You know, your leadership team, your founder, they need to chat about what they're doing to promote wellness within themselves, right? How they're managing. You need that leadership team to lead by example, to actively take time off and put the objective behind any of these changes that I've mentioned here today that you're going to make. The objective is to give people back more time so that they can look after themselves and they can do the work that's the most fulfilling to them. That's what we want. And I think when people understand the reasons behind that, they'll get on board. Giving people back their time, giving the freedom, giving the flexibility. Yeah, I think you've put it really, really well, putting that back into place, because I think that's what drives people to want to work remote. In the beginning, even before the pandemic came, people wanted to get back their time. They don't want to spend, as you said, two hours commuting one direction or two directions. doesn't matter, right? You get two hours back of your time to spend with your family, to spend on yourself, so on and so forth. Now, as a business, let's say today, you know, obviously you're an expert in this area and I'm interested in figuring out how I can get started improving the way things are remotely for my business or I'm new to this thing. What's a good way to work with you to learn more about building a remote company? Yeah. So thanks, GQ. So I do a lot of one-to-one work. So I will work with your HR department, your leadership team, and create these remote first processes alongside you and your team. So your team are involved every step of the way. That's because we want everybody on board with this. You know, it's not just a policy that we send out, people read and we forget about, right? We want accountability, responsibility. So we'll create those remote first processes and we'll spend some time up front really collecting that data, understanding what those priorities are and what best practices and processes need to be created. We also have a do a lot of training. So as an introduction, if you're not ready to start those processes, or maybe you already have, is to get your whole team involved in training. And we have a training called Revive Remote, which is a two-part workshop. The first one is for everybody on your team. And the second one is just for your leadership team. And it's designed to reduce and be burnout for good. And it looks at all of those topics that I spoke about. So it's around how can we as individuals take ownership over the way that we're working and how can we build that level of emotional intelligence? And then as leaders, how do we create that in our team? And how do we increase sustainable engagement within our team for the long term? That's what we're really looking for. So that's our Revive Remote program. But if anybody has any questions or you're not sure where to start, I offer free 45-minute conversations where I can just give as much value and advice and point you in the right direction. And what's the best way to reach out to you? Send me an email. It's info at operateremote.com or LinkedIn. All right, fantastic. 
LinkedIn, Shauna Moran, you can't miss her. I'm pretty sure you'll be able to find her. Shauna, you know, I feel like this episode is like stretched into like multiple episodes because there's just so many things around remote work. And I always enjoy catching up with you to talk more about different topics about remote work. But I think for today, we've touched on the topic about reducing hours for meetings. We talked about preventing burnout, which is super major. So thank you so much for creating such a resource for everyone. I will go download this myself and check that out after this. Thank you so much for your time, Shauna. It's a real pleasure having you on the show. If you guys have any questions for Shauna, feel free to reach out to her on LinkedIn or as she's mentioned, email her at info at operateremote.com. Check out operateremote.com. There's a lot of resources for you there. She's great. She's awesome. You all have to check that out and see what you can apply to your business today working remotely. But yeah, Shauna, thanks a lot for coming on the show. It was great catching up with you. Thank you, GQ. It's been a pleasure. Is your e-commerce growing so fast that you can't keep up with supporting your customers in real time? Serve them better in any time zone and language. They will thank you with higher conversion rates and repeat purchases. We build and manage your own dedicated customer experience team of live chat and support agents. Get started today. Visit ltvplus.com. That's ltvplus.com. Thanks for listening to the How We Solve podcast. Dominate your market and crush the competition with our step-by-step playbooks. Subscribe right now in your favorite podcast player or visit howwesolve.com.